Hello and welcome to When Worldviews Collide, a radio series led by Pastor Barbara Holmes Brackett about the differences between a Christian and socialist worldview. How are you doing today, Barbara? Well, well, back in Rhode Island. That's right, back from Connecticut. And today we are discussing once again sociology. We're moving on to the third segment. And this is about the church, which is the third facet of a healthy society. So we briefly touched on the family and what that is meant to do. So what is the church meant to do in a society? The wor- the church is incredibly important. The word that we translate church from in the Greek is ek- ekklesia. And that is a compound word, ek, those called out and into authority. And a lot of a lot of translators stop there and do not go any further with the translation. But ekleo is those called from and to authority to legislate. And that was the word when Jesus said to Peter on this rock, I will build my ecclesia. Those who will, those who will create and form the culture. Mm. And so what does that kind of look like in the day-to-day? We discussed how families are meant to nurture and to educate and to love children. So then how is this legislation of the church put into action? It's, a, it's very much of a training but if we go back to the to the original in the book of Acts, so the, the apostolic centers, as they were called then, which I think are being reinstated now, using the classic, if you want, definition that was actually what the meaning was when Jesus walked the face of the earth. And the church is providing a place where we can come and worship God. Mm. It's absolutely essential if you're going to build anything, do anything, in, in, in any way, is that we practice the presence of God. Mm. Brother Lawrence's book, I love that. It's written in <laughs> the, what, 15, 1600s. It, it, literally, when we practice the presence of God, which we learn how to do a lot of times in that ecclesia environment where we come to worship and, be, and go into his presence. And I like to call it, we become lovesick warriors, where we are longing to be in the presence of God because it's just so amazing and then but he says okay but your assignment is mm. kind of like mission impossible this is your assignment <laughs> should you accept it <laughs> so then uh, what are some things that are not the church's responsibility in this kind of three-act government structure the bible lays out for us uh everything that is that is not given to another structure of society but basically basically the church is the place where we come to to be to be trained and to know how to go out into the culture and bring the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are told to make disciples of all nations. So our job is to be trained up as as what happened in the first century where they came together. They all came ready. It wasn't a spectator sport as it has been has become now. Everyone came ready to give a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, that word that they were getting from the Lord because they were spending time with him. So when they assembled, they were trained up and everyone was in that process. But if you notice, they would be sent out after because affecting the culture was the job of the saints. Mm. And we and we see that in Ephesians 4. For the, for the, for the building up of the saints, for the... For the work of the ministry so they get trained it's it's like francis schaefer put it this way how shall we then live okay we have a relationship with christ 
and now how shall we live? These ecclesias, the, the apostolic centers, were the place where you trained up to be able to be a godly family, mm. to be able to be all the other aspects of the culture. Hugely important. Mm. So then, obviously, when we talk about American society, especially when America was first founded, Christianity comes up quite a lot. And that's because the people who first came here were Christians. And the whole reason that they came here was to establish that, was to create a country where the government was upon his shoulders, like it says in the Bible. So then can you kind of describe what the pilgrim societies kind of looked like and how church played a role in that? We would not have a society if it was not for the pastors that were came here either on the Mayflower or on the ships that came afterwards or those that came a little while after that. So much so that a a pastor in Ipswich, Mass., called Reverend John Wise, actually gave in his book, and we've mentioned that before, uh, in, defense of, of, in defense of the government of the churches in the New World, understanding that the churches were to build a government. That was the purpose. Build a government which becomes the kingdom of God, mm. where everything that is in alliance with the word of God becomes part of what we do and how, how we're defined. And so without the churches, we would not have the government that we now have, going back as far as the late 1600s and even before that. They, they knew, they understood, and why we ha- that's why we have the Mayflower Compact. They understood that there would have to be a government and that the government would have to be based on the word of God or it would not succeed. Right. And so we kind of see, too, if if you were to look at some of the more colonial preserved villages that were said to have originated from the pilgrims and things, you'll notice that there is always a church and that church is always at kind of the head or the center of the community. And I think that that's obviously very indicative of what their priorities were. That, and it served a dual purpose. Are you ready for this? Hold on to your seat. All right. (laughs) Oh, not only was it the church, but it was the site of the civil government. Mm. That was the the meeting house for where things were decided at civil government level as well. As a matter of fact, the capital of the United States of America, after it was built, was the house for the for the government to function, but it also was a church. So this idea of separation in church and state as it's being proclamated now, it, it absolutely does not exist in the founding of our nation. Mm. Because if we are the ecclesia, those that establish the government, how in the world would we separate that government from biblical principles? So at the beginning of our country, the meeting house was the place of the church. It was one and the same. Mm. And that's that's the way it was intended because the church was to provide the biblical knowledge of how to create this 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 worldview, this society that became the United States of America. We would not know how to do it without the teachings of the pastors and the apostles and the prophets and the and the evangelists and the teachers all came together, and they were, in Ephesians 4, that was the government of the apostolic center. Mm. And that's why it's a gift that Jesus gave to his ecclesia. And so I guess 
kind of pinning off of that, considering that the very definition of a church in this context is a place of government and is a place where these sort of decisions are made for a community, what then, what kind of role does a pastor play in that sort of thing? And as opposed to, say, like a governor, like were their responsibilities the same or kind of how does the power, um, how is it divided, I guess? So originally, uh, when, when the Puritans came here, the head of the church in England and most of the European countries was the king. Mm. So when they came here, they realized that the civil government king was not to be over the church. Mm. So when Roger Williams left or was kicked out of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, his whole purpose was to and did say the separation of church and state, but not the way we understand it now. It was to say no longer can the civil government be over the church government Mm. because the civil government doesn't know and does not have the responsibility that the church government has. Mm. And that church government then built up the families and then therefore the individuals to go be those leaders, the businessmen, the, the the mothers and the fathers to go and be the, the presidents and the senators and, and the mayors and the city council people. That's where you got that's where you got the bedrock training mm. in order to biblically do the job that they were assigned to do. So then do you think that that kind of culture has changed based on like how we are now versus how that first those first period in colonies were established? diametrically opposed Mm. in the 50s Lyndon Baines Johnson it's kind of it's nicknamed the Johnson Amendment we've talked about that at some point I believe the Johnson Amendment came into being um, President Johnson was at that time a senator his opponent had a lot of nonprofit backing so what he did is he had this this law put through Congress that no one who had any any control over a nonprofit organization, including a church, could in any way back a person for an office hmm. in, in, the, in that role. Everybody still has the right personally, but in that role was barred from that and that no, no influence of legislation could take place from this nonprofit organization. So what that did, if you stop and think of our roots, our roots came where the pastors combed the word of God. How do you build a society? What does the culture look like? They, they came, they looked at the word of God asking those questions. And if you take that out, we now don't have the very source that should be giving us the instruction on how to build a culture. So in my opinion, that that law needs to be stopped because pastors have the responsibility to train the people to do that work. Therefore, it's very important to be able to say, this is a biblically based candidate and this one is not. Mm. That's hugely important for building our society. So then how else would you say briefly, because we're already almost out of time, but how would you say that socialism and that kind of ideology has continued to rob the church of its societal responsibilities. It's been a very, very, very carefully orchestrated plan against the church. Don't forget, socio- uh, the, this socialist worldview 
every every worldview has a god, and the socialist worldview is either the person it's himself or herself, or the state, and that means that there cannot be another god. But we are told in the Word of God, "Have no other god before me." We don't allow in Christianity for another god because there's only one Creator, and that's the Father. So that that takes that takes if you if you're going to try to dissolve Christianity, then what you do is you attack the church. It's been very orchestrated. Right. And so we're going to be discussing next week, uh, specifically because we've been discussing the state and socialism so much, uh, we're going to be delving into what the state's responsibilities actually are as ordained by the Bible and, uh, and how socialism has kind of warped that and the eventuality of communism that it hopes to eventually accomplish. So in the meantime, we are going to be wrapping up here today. Thank you so much for joining us. And you can tune in next week, same time and same place. God bless and have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.